Good morning, listeners. God morning to you. So glad you came to join me, to pray with me. Let's get these blessings started. I'm your host, Pamela Staten, and I'd like to dedicate today's podcast to a young gentleman that I met yesterday. His name is Dayo. And he's a motivational speaker. And I think I actually had a chance to administer to him. Um, We had a beautiful conversation about the Lord. And you could just see the Holy Spirit on him. And he couldn't believe that he was walking around with the glow that he had. And his light met my light. And that is how we know the Lord takes flight. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful encounter. Let us pray in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, God. You're ushering in another day untouched and freshly new. So here I come to ask you, God, if you'll renew me too. Forgive the many errors that I made yesterday and let me try again, dear God, to walk closer in thy way. But Father, I am well aware that I can't make it on my own. So take my hand and hold it tight for I can't walk alone. Amen. And listeners, God lets me know that he is holding my hand. So I've been speaking about tithing, of course, and giving of our first fruits. And then I had a little bit of a major hit Uh, to my own personal finances because anytime you have a delay in work or a delay in pay, that's a hit. (laughs) That's a hit to your personal finances. But I have the Lord with me and he's showing me how to work through it, work around it. But most importantly, he let me know that he had my back. But what I'm sharing is that when you come up to the tithing, um, it would be, you know, when you're looking at your money, don't look at your money. Just tithe faithfully and trust in the Lord. And again, I'm going on this journey with you. So let's just grow together. Let's get our blessings together. And let's get to heaven together. (laughs) How about that? Okay, next topic. (laughs) Pray for me, listeners. Pray for me because I'm obsessed with statistics. And it is so funny because I swore that I was not going to be ever. And I think the devil found a window or whatever, to come into me, into my spirit a little bit. Um, But it's all good because 
I love looking at the stats of the podcast. I am going to give it a break. And the reason that I do check in is because I love to welcome, you know, the new countries or the new states or whatever, uh, you know, that have joined the podcast. But I am going to stop looking for a while because I'm out of control. With that said, um, had some good revelations today. So our male listenership is increasing. So thank you, Jesus. And thank you, listeners, those that invited their male friends to listen or somehow the word got out there. And I'm so happy. Maybe Instagram helped me. I don't know. Um, But anyway, I want to show we have not lost any countries listening, by the way. We are at 53 and I'm proud of it. Um, But I did notice that there are some countries that have had an increase in their listenership and I have to identify it and uh, and thank you and welcome you and just God bless you. And those countries are the Philippines, Vietnam, Indonesia, and the Czech Republic, and Tanzania. So thank you. I see you moving up the charts because it ranks, you know, each country, you know, in the uh, the United States is still leading in listenership and Australia is in second place, but it does show, you know, the numbers and you guys have moved way up and I just love it. So thank you for listening. All right, when I come back after this station break, I've got stories. Stay right there. Be right back. I've stumbled across the new author, Larry Libby. It isn't always easy to offer a disabled or elderly person a little help, even when it's obvious they could use it. It's easier to walk by, to pretend you didn't see. After all, what if you did something wrong? What if you created an offense? It's also true, however, that it isn't easy for the person needing assistance to ask for help. It's not fun putting someone out. In both situations, it's good to remember that any act of help done in the name of Jesus will be richly rewarded in eternity. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 speaks of gold, silver, costly stones but that's only a metaphor for something far more wonderful, valuable, and lovely that will shine throughout eternity. So when you help someone, you are rewarded. And when you ask for assistance, 
the one who gladly steps in to help will be rewarded. So either way, it's a win-win. Bow your head. Lord Jesus, I am so grateful for the way you have ordered our lives in this temporary world where we're camping out. We live within the borders of time, but you have given us glimpses of our eternal home just over the horizon. We sometimes need help in these failing bodies of ours, but you crown those efforts with heavenly motivation. Amen. Drifting on a lake in a fishing boat is one thing. Drifting in life is something else entirely. Fall asleep in a fishing boat and nothing much happens. But if you try to sleepwalk through life, you will end up somewhere you never intended. Hebrews chapter 2 tells us that we must pay the most careful attention to what we have heard so we do not drift away. Sadly, drifting away from Christ comes naturally to us, but it is supernatural to anchor yourself to him when strong currents try to pull you away. Every day of our lives, we swim against the current, against the tide, and it is possible for any one of us to sink morally or spiritually. Don't let yourself coast away from Jesus. Don't look up at the end of a day, a week, or a year and be stunned at the distance between you and God. These are the times right now, listeners, to anchor yourself to him and his word. Bow your head. Lord, I don't want to lose my love for you. I don't want to become distracted by all the bells and whistles of this life. I don't want my heart for you to cool off or become indifferent. Keep me close, Lord. Keep me close today. Anchor my heart and my affections in you. Amen. In John chapter 5, talks about the pool at Bethesda was a place where people waited and waited. People with diseases and disabilities would crawl, hobble, and be carried there every day, hoping to be healed in the waters. One paralyzed man had been lying there for several years. When Jesus asked him if he wanted to get well, he responded, I have no one to help me into the pool. While I'm trying to get in, someone else will go down ahead of me. And his longing was fixed on a particular answer, someone who would carry him into the water. But the one he really needed was standing right in front of him. Jesus, the healer. He is our healer. 
So it's a reminder. When things look especially hopeless, remember who stands between you and your need. The very one who will make you whole. Amen. I thought that was beautiful. Bow your head. Lord, I know I have looked right past you many times in my life, hoping and longing for specific solutions to my problems. Sometimes I imagine some expert will have all the answers for me, but you have been with me all along. Lord, my hope is in you. Amen. And one more, <laughs> at least one more today. Uh, Luke 17. As Jesus was approaching a village, he met 10 men afflicted with leprosy. Following the protocol of the day, the hopeless men stood at a distance and called out in loud voices, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were completely healed. As a true, as was true for Naaman in the Old Testament, they were given the perfect skin of a young child. When you think about it, the men never asked for healing just for pity, maybe a handout of some money or food. But when they obeyed the Lord's simple instruction, he gave them much, much more than they ever requested. So here's the lesson. When God tells you to do something small, just do it. In your act of obedience, God may well surprise you, giving you more than you would ever have dared to ask of him. Amen. Remember, the men with leprosy yelled out, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And he said, go and show yourselves to the priests as they went they were completely healed that struck me it was powerful it's beautiful bow your head lord help me not to overlook or procrastinate on the little tasks that you asked me to do i know lord Following you means paying attention to the daily whispers and nudges of your spirit, as well as the big crossroads of life. Amen. Thank you, Larry. Very insightful writer. Okay, listeners. Whoa, the time is flying by. Stay with me. Be right back.
Here's what Dr. Charles Stanley has to say about discouragement. It says discouragement can rob peace. It can rob your joy. It can rob your contentment. But the great news is, don't feel disheartened because you're not stuck. People who appear to be in an impossible situation a few years later can find themselves in a terrific place, either in terms of their circumstances, their finances, or their emotions. The reason is because they never gave up. Instead of sulking in self-pity, they chose to believe God. They chose to step out in faith and climb out of the emotional pit. Nehemiah is a good example. He had every reason to feel defeated because his people were in trouble. After receiving news that the city wall had been destroyed, this man of God acknowledged profound disappointment and he grieved. Though pain flooded his soul, he didn't allow himself to stay in that low place. Instead, Nehemiah cried out to God, seeking direction. Sadness in the presence of royalty was punishable by death in those times. But the Lord answered Nehemiah's prayer with amazing power, prompting the king to notice his servant's sad countenance and then to ask what he could do to help. This miracle led to the rebuilding of the wall and the redemption of God's people. The Lord can take an impossible situation no matter what it is and move in ways mightier than you and I can imagine. If you live in eager expectation of what the Lord will do, like Nehemiah, you will have to turn your disappointment into a petition for God's help. Only God can restore your hope and prevent negative emotions from gaining a stranglehold in your life. That message is for somebody. Amen. Be right back. God knew when he gave me the assignment of a daily podcast that he would be fueling me with the words to share each day. It's just amazing. Okay, strength for each day. Psalm 20, verse 6. I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. God's anointing is his presence and power. His anointing enables us to do great things. The prophet Samuel told Saul that when God's anointing came on him, he would be turned into another man, meaning that he would have new abilities and power. God's anointing is very valuable and should be protected. 
Psalm 133 says that where there is unity, there will also be anointing and blessing. Acts chapter 10 makes it clear that God's anointing and generosity work together. I desire a greater anointing on my life and I have learned that in order to have it, I need to work for unity constantly and I need to be aggressively generous. I encourage you to learn all you can about God's anointing and to do all you can to protect and enhance it in your life. Father, I need your presence and power in my life. I pray that you will teach me to be aware of your presence and to be sensitive to you at all times. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Psalm 66 says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. The devil does not want us to pray because prayer is more powerful than we know. It invites God and his power into the situations in our lives. Through prayer, we can also invite him to work in other people's lives. We can accomplish more in five minutes of sincere prayer than we can in five years of effort spent trying to make things happen on our own. How about that? God answers prayer, but there are hindrances to having our prayers answered. In scripture, it mentions that we cannot have hidden or unconfessed sin in our heart and expect God to answer our prayers at the same time. Let me repeat it. We cannot have hidden or unconfessed sin in our heart and expect God to answer our prayers at the same time. So let's ask ourselves, are we harboring any of God's enemies in our hearts? Perhaps sin, unbelief, anger toward another person, unwillingness to forgive, jealousy, or envy. As we approach God in prayer, we should first repent of any known or even unknown sin. Okay, that is key, listeners. King David prayed that God would forgive him for unconscious sins. When we pray, we should be sure that we have no unforgiveness in our heart toward anyone. Talking to you, Carlos, and other friends, obviously, that have shared their trials. And I'm talking to myself, too. Don't worry. 
Let us be honest with ourselves in the presence of God and approach him with our requests only after a time of soul searching to root out anything, 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 anything at all that may hinder our prayer. You too, O Lord. Father, help me begin each day with a time of soul searching, laying my heart open before you, giving you the opportunity to speak to me about anything that you want to. Thank you for the privilege of prayer. The privilege of knowing you. The privilege of having the chutzpah to reach out to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And let's finish out today's podcast with In Touch Magazine. And it talks about dealing with discouragement. Discouragement feels like a big weight on our shoulders. It steals motivation, makes work more difficult, and diminishes our enjoyment of life. The reasons for discouragement vary. General dissatisfaction with life, Criticism from others. Mm -hmm. Our parents sometimes, right? Failure to live up to our own expectations. Painful relationships. Ongoing trials. Declining health. And hopelessness for the future are just a few. In Nehemiah chapter 1, he teaches an important lesson about handling discouragement. And please notice, listeners, everything ties back to the Bible. It is our source. Every situation in life is addressed in that so wonderful back to Nehemiah when he heard a report about the poor condition of Jerusalem and the plight of the Jewish remnant living there he was deeply distressed in his dismay over in his dismay over their situation Nehemiah turned to the Lord in prayer He knew that his great God could change the situation. In his prayer, Nehemiah praised God's awesome character first. Then he confessed sin on behalf of himself, then sin on behalf of the nation, and recalled divine promises and presented his petition. Listeners, when we face discouragement, 
our first priority should be to cry out to our Heavenly Father. Okay, let that sink in. Our prayers should begin with a focus on the Lord, not our problems. Once we have confessed our sin and adjusted our perspective to see God's greatness and care, then and only then we're ready to trust him to answer our petitions in his timing. Amen. All these words speak directly to my life. So I presume they are also speaking to your life. We are chosen listeners. We're on this journey together. This is our crusade. Thank you for coming to pray with me because that's what we're doing. God sees us, God hears us. He's happy to be with us today. Amen. God bless you. See you tomorrow. Bye for now. Ran out of time. (laughs) Ran out of time.